Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 12, season 2 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Good evening, Richie. Um, well, Magic Round has come and gone, and there's been a lot of talking points, and I can't wait to talk about it with you tonight. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Shall we address the elephants in the room really, really early? Um, yeah. Well, let me turn it around on you. What did you make of uh, the refereeing crackdown and 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 the abundance of send-offs and, and sin bins? Um, I'm still on the fence. I think there were some that were valid and some that weren't. Um, and then there was there was also a few that um, I thought were missed. Um, but we can talk about that a bit more in our news part. So. Um, while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, as always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of the Magic Round matches and our picks. Um, we'll then stop and answer some questions from all of you um, before we preview the Round 11 clashes and make our picks to end the show. So tune in to get your rugby league news and remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show. So uh, let's get in right back into that story because that was my yes. first news story was um, the NRL bringing a new crackdown um, rule on contact to the head. Um, resulted in 14 sin bins and three send-offs in, in the round. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll just flick it back to you now. I didn't answer your question, so you can answer it. Um, yep, what back do you to think? Me. 14 sin bins and three send-offs. It's a whole yeah. playing squad full of players. Um, initially, I was, and we were chatting a bit before we went on air, I, I my response was a bit emotional and, and this isn't the game the game that we grew up watching kind of thing, uh, like a lot of pundits and um, fans w were commenting on the weekend. The more The more time I give it and the more I think about it, uh, it's one area that rugby league's a little bit behind, say, rugby union and, and NFL started making changes and really focusing on the concussion. So, 
I think you know by what the what the um, refs were given, yeah. a lot of them had to be sin bins. There were a couple that were like in particular the in the Cowboys game, Lachlan Burr getting sent to the bin for hitting James Tedesco. Really didn't agree with that because James Tedesco did his regular trick of falling to his knees right before contact. Yeah. And Lachlan Burr was pretty much aiming sort of around the stomach area, but collected him in the head. And I think that's where the refs have to look at some mitigating circumstances on the field, you know. Uh, maybe a penalty, no sin bin. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah I think I think they're... Um, I understand what they're trying to do. Um, it's um, like we said before um, we went live on air, um, a lot of sports are, are trying to work with these concussions and um, the safety of their players. And um, the the elephant in the room, I guess, is um, the NRL are trying to protect themselves from lawsuits as well, which I think is probably the bigger factor than the player safety that they're trying to push. Um with the amount of injuries um, the NRL players get, if they all decided to try to sue the NRL, they could wipe the NRL out of business. Um, as simple as that. So I think they're trying to um, stop that by cracking down. And I wasn't a fan of them doing it now. I think this is probably something they should have s- stamped on before the season started. Like 10 weeks in, you're telling everyone we're changing the way we are playing. You're going to see what we saw this week with so many um now that everyone knows and they've seen what they um what the refs are going to be doing i think we'll see it come down this week for sure um i think there'll still be a couple because at the speed of the game there's always going to be a couple of accidental um head highs um it's just the nature of the beast um and so we'll still see a couple i'm sure um, as long as you don't get into a situation like we saw this week where you had like two players from one side off at the same time because mm. it just takes all the, the contest out of the game, which I think was what disappointed me most was um, yeah. some teams really going um, going up against it. Like you're playing a top side with 11 men. Um, you're not in for a good night. Mm. And we saw that in a couple of the games where, in particular, the South Sydney Cronulla game, where South Sydney got off to a fast start, Cronulla start coming back, um, and then they they go back for a really poor penalty on Chad Townsend for a crusher, where you know they're trying to crack down on all of these kind of things, and and it, he barely brushed his head, and and yeah. from from there, South Sydney go down the other side of the field and score and put the game to bed, and I think also what you. When you're looking at concussion injuries, a lot of them too aren't from high tackles. A lot of them, uh, if someone goes low and collects a hip or a knee or, or a two-man tackle and, and the defender's head clash, you know what I mean? It's not it's not all high tackles where these concussions are coming from. Yeah, a lot of them are coming from the actual defender themselves for putting the mm. head in the wrong place, um, yeah. which... I don't know. What do you do there? Do you simbin the guy because he, he had a head clash against someone's hip? Um, I don't know what you do there. <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, it, it's it's something they're going to they're gonna need to work on. And, um, yeah, I think um, we had um, we had Gavin mention in the comments, um, we'll put it up here, um, that there, it's it's all stemmed from that Eels Roosters game where they they missed um, 
a couple of things and they really wanted to crack down um on it so it's very reactive um yeah but yeah. i'm sure they're gonna work I, i'm sure they're gonna work on it um in some way um but we'll get to see that this week and see how much it actually affects um the rare games this round but um we'll get on to more news um, we talked about it last week, but Adam Reynolds has now officially signed with the Broncos. It's all si- signed and delivered for a three-year deal. Um, and straight after that, straight after the news of him saying he's going to the Broncos, the Broncos actually signed Brinko Lee from the Storm as well. So um, like we talked last week, that when you get a, a top-caliber player, other players will start to come. Um, so depending on what they're going to do with Katoni Staggs, if he's going to be a center or if he's going to go into the halves, um, they could get themselves quite a good little team. Um, I think Brinko Lee and Katoni Staggs in the centers is quite dangerous. Um, and I think Reynolds, Reynolds can kind of handle the fort um, in the halves, so you don't really need to get a, a marquee half to join him. Um, and... Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what other players they start to get. Mm. Yeah, nice pickups for them, eh? Um, Reynolds, obviously, is, is a big one. And Brinko Lee is a nice sort of offset for losing uh, Xavier Coates. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, finally, some good news for them because most of the um, team news for the Broncos this season have been the players they've been losing. So um, those are two nice handy pickups that... that um, you know, hopefully next year, come next year, that those guys will come in and, and really help them out because they need some help. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And um, next bit of news, the Warriors have all but confirmed that they're going to stay in Australia for the entire season this year. Um, there's a bit of an asterisk on it because what they mean is they're going to stay um, – they're going to stay in Australia as a camp, but they still will most likely bring some games to Mount Smart. They'll just fly over like teams do when they come to play them here. So um, I think it's it, it's the right decision. Um, they've got their families there and all the kids are in school. So um, it's good just to finish it out there as long as they bring some games home. Um, I think the only that's the only thing that will rub people the wrong way is if they say we're staying here and then they give Warriors fans no no football here, they they need to get a game at Mount Smart. Um, even if it's just one for the very sake of um, letting the fans farewell Roger in his, his last season with the club at Mount Smart, mm. um, I think that's very important. And um, the atmosphere they would have at Mount Smart for the first game back would be amazing. So um, I'm selfish. I, I, I want to go. So, um, yeah, the sooner they can do that, the better. But um, I think overall it's a wise decision um, to just keep the camp in Australia. It's definitely the least disruptive decision, isn't it? Um, like you say, yeah. some of them have kids in school and, and to sort of uproot the whole team and, and bring them over again at the tail end, end of the season, um, yeah, it might not be logistically possible, so... Um, from a from a disrupt like from a point of view where it's going to cause the least amount of disruption, it's probably the right call. As long as you get your home yeah. game, Brad. Heck, I might even fly over yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I think Roger said in one of his 
comments in the interview he said that a lot of the guys that are new signees don't even have houses or anything here or cars so yeah. um they they would come over here and have nowhere to go so um yeah see it out till the end of the year and then once the season's done they can come back and from next year on we should be playing football at mount smart on a regular basis and next bit of news still going with the warriors adam pompey is going to be signing a new deal with the warriors um he hasn't signed on the dotted line yet but sounds like he's um he's very interested in what they've offered so he's going to take it um i think i think it's a handy handy um player to retain for the warriors i am not a fan of him as a center um i think he'd be a very good winger for for the warriors um but he he's been having to front up with a lot of injuries at the moment and filling in where he can and i think he's been doing all right um what are your thoughts on them keeping pompey yeah i mean at the very least it's a it's a good depth signing i mean it's not like the Warriors have, well, you've got young um, Rocco Berry coming through and guys like that. But uh, like you say, uh, with Pompey, uh, he's been doing a pretty good job in the absence of a few guys. And, and he, when he's been called upon, he's done a solid job. For I'm like you, for a centre, probably his distribution skills aren't quite top tier. But on the wing, he, he'd be... Uh, Handy, handy guy in your team. He he, he yeah. never puts too much of a too much of a foot wrong. You know, he, he he's solid enough. Generally, doesn't make too many mistakes, um, and he's pretty sound on defence. So, yeah, yeah, he's a it's a good depth signing. Yeah, and um, more news. We've got um, there will be a decision made next month on whether the World Cup's going to take place this year or not. So. Um, they, they might be pulling the pin on it due to um, COVID and everything. Um, it's still not that great in the uh, Northern Hemisphere. So um, they it looks like they're doing a bit of research to see how feasible it is to keep the competition going. And, um, yeah, fingers crossed it, it still goes ahead. Um, if not, I think they'll just push it out a year. Um, so you still get the World Cup. And um, if they give it another year, we can potentially – convinced reese walsh to be a kiwi so um that's probably better for us anyway we'll um we'll get him in um but yeah what are your thoughts you think they're going to go ahead with the the world cup or it's a touch and go one like you say it's it's you know covid's still um causing some problems over over that side of the world so uh if we get a world cup that's great uh if we if we do, though, I'm not so sure they'd have full crowds. Um, if you push it out, maybe that heightens the chance of getting a you know full participation. But yeah, it's touch and go, isn't it? Yeah, and see, so Simon's um, just commented saying he thinks the World Cup's going to go ahead because the UK government's put so much money into it. Um, yeah, I think money's going to going to do a lot of the talking as well. Um, as he said, they've already invested so much. Um, they, we've come a long way with the COVID stuff, so they, I think they'll they'll have procedures in place where they it would be basically just a bubble if it's at the end of the year if it is still as bad as it is. Um, so I think they can still make it work. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll keep an eye on that, and we'll hopefully have more news on that in the upcoming weeks. 
Um, but then we'll go into um, expansion team talk. We've got um, the Brisbane Firehawks have officially launched a bid to become the NRL 17th team. Um, that was one of the ones rumoured. Um, I know the Redcliffe Dolphins are still very interested as well. Um, and there's also been a $30 million bid launched for a second New Zealand team based in Wellington. Um, the I think it's the called the Southern Orcas. Orcas I think they were. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see. Um, I'm not really sure what they're looking for for the Brisbane team because um, the the Dolphins already have a stadium and everything, so they've got a lot of the um, the groundwork already done. Mm. Where I think any of these other teams, if um, if they're going to have their own stadium or if they're also going to play at some court like the Broncos. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, have you heard any news on the expansion teams? Um, just the same as what you've heard and what, what you've said there, Brad. Um, those – the Brisbane – a Brisbane franchise seems a given and it seems like the NRL are keen on getting an extra Brisbane team. Um, so Firehawks could be what, what we see. Um Southern Orcas, that'd be cool. I get to see some some rugby league here in Wellington, uh, although I wouldn't switch allegiance. But, yeah, I think initially Brisbane would, is a pretty strong possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. I know um, Simon's put here um, that he's not a fan of Andrew Chalmers, who's investing in the team as he's got a bad reputation um, with the Bradford Bulls. I think um, yeah. that's... That's with the Wellington team, correct, Simon? Or have I got it mixed up? Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I'm still, I'm still not sold on them having a second team in Brisbane. I still think they could have had it somewhere else. Um, I feel like it's only gaining traction because the Broncos have been so piss poor, um, and they just want to get an easy fix. Um, I know they talk about like they want to really. Um, Brisbane's such a big league um, place for them, but I think there's other markets they could have tried to go to first. Um, I know I, I like the idea of Perth, but I think the Perth one has the issue of travel. Yeah. Um, so I think that's taken the sting out of it. But, um, yeah, I, I suppose it, it just helps balance it out because there's so many Sydney teams. So, um yeah, it'd be interesting to see. It always gets a bit more exciting when there is a new team coming. Um, I remember when the Titans started, um, there mm. was all the buzz around it um, about like the the marquee players they were signing and um, just having a, a fresh fresh team in there that you've never seen before. So um, I look forward to when it happens. Yeah, well, it could go a couple of ways. I mean, we see. <laughs> like in the Super League days where they brought all the extra team, the, the South Queensland teams and things like that, yeah. and then and not so long after they canned them all. And even looking cross-code Super Rugby uh, with your uh, Sunwolves and teams like that, you know, as long as yeah. they throw some good resource behind those teams and, and they can get some decent enough uh, roster signings so they're not getting smashed by 50 points every week because then no one will get behind that. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, Simon Sowers correct that it was the Wellington team um, Chalmers is involved with. And, yeah, 
said um brisbane makes sense but preferences for perth and adelaide yeah mm. i think um peter Valandis has made a habit of coming out and challenging the afl in interviews but he doesn't want to go into the markets where they're strong um so i don't know if that's a wise business decision from him or if he's scared that the um nrl won't be able to compete with the afl in adelaide and the likes thing adelaide would be a great place to have a team um but yeah i think i think they're going with the the safe option of another team in brisbane um, guaranteed money yeah and um it's just really what happens with your fan base there it's the same as the wellington team here is it just going to be um former warriors fans that jump ship um will it be broncos fans that decide they want to give up on the broncos and go to another team um that's kind of the struggle you have when you're bringing another team into that market when there's already mm. a team established but um it'll be interesting um interesting times ahead um and before we go into our review we've got one bit of news left and um gavin gould actually um tried to to um beat us to the punch but gerard beale has come out of retirement to join the dragons he's actually named in their extended bench for this week um what are your thoughts on um, the former Warrior coming out of retirement to come back and play? Well, it's probably flat out out of necessity for the Dragons because yeah. uh, they've got a lot of cattle down at the moment. And, um, you know, Gerard Beale is uh, one of those sort of guys where you'd use to plug a hole. So, you know, he's a solid player. He's not going to set the world on fire probably hence the um, laughing emoji that Gavin used. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah um, it's, it's, they, they need somebody. So I'm not sure what his, his fitness levels are like right now. I'm not sure if he's been playing any lower grades. Do you know um, yeah. He's been, yeah, he's been playing in the, um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm wrong, but like the, like the Queensland cup or like that level he's been yeah. playing. Um, so he he basically as soon as he left the warriors he had retired but he was going to continue playing because he said he loved to play yeah. so um yeah i i don't mind him um i i kind of had a love-hate relationship with him when he was a warrior um yeah i remember him doing great things when he was in the sharks and playing for the kiwis and then i felt like some of that um kind of disappeared when he joined the warriors but i i think he wasn't helped by Cooney moving him around all the time. Like one week he'd be centre, next week he'd be a winger. And um, yeah, I think he, he's he's not a guy that's going to set your team on fire, but he can fill the gaps, um, which is what the Dragons need right now with half their team suspended or injured. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right, mate. All right. So that was all the news we had there. Um, if there's any more news that pops up while we're on, we'll we'll stop and talk about it. But we may as well get into our Magic Round review, um, starting with the first game on Friday um, with the Tigers defeating the Knights 36 to 18. Um, this is a game we both got wrong in our picks, but we we knew we were probably wrong once we heard that Kalen Ponga wasn't going to be playing. Um, as soon as we heard that, we're like, oh, the Tigers will have a shot here. And yeah, I think they, they played quite well. They they came out firing. They scored three tries in the first 14 minutes. And then the first Simbin of the round um, happened with Tex Hoy going off for the Knights. And um, 
that just allowed the Tigers to to control the game. They were up 24-4 at the break. And um, the Knights came back in the second half, showing a little bit of fight, but uh, it was just a bit too little too late. What do you think of the game? Yeah, well, look, going into the going into doing our tips last week, I thought this was a very tight one to, to tip. And then we heard the news yeah. on Ponga, and I thought, once I heard Ponga was going to be out, I thought the, the Tigers are very good value here. And then, yeah, yeah, early on they skipped out to to a decent lead, and you thought, yeah, um, the Knights without Ponga and Pierce, or, or already without Pierce, they they lack a lot of threat. So, yeah. um, and the Tigers have been, you know, they've been really bad this year, but then they've had their games where they've turned up and actually gone not so bad as well. So, um, that was the Tigers that turned up this week, and they took advantage of of. Uh, Pongolus Knights. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the Tigers uh, they haven't been great this year, but um, week in week out they show heart. So yeah. um, they're always they're always fighting um, and trying to to stay competitive, which I think is really good. If your team's struggling, if you as a fan can see that even though your team's struggling, they are putting an effort in. Um, I think that bodes bodes well and um there there's no chance of making playoffs but i think they've, they've still got a few more upsets up their sleeves just hopefully not this weekend yeah hopefully not uh, they've been a bit up and down um like kind of like we have so hopefully they've got their win out of the way this weekend and then and then the weekend coming now they'll have their bad game and, and we can roll over the top of them <laughs> yeah and yeah, like you said, the Knights just have no attacking threat without um, Ponga and Pierce. Um, they've really all they've really got right now is um, Brayley, Jaden Brayley, and mm-hmm. um, he he's trying. He, he's he's quite a handy little hooker, but um, yeah, I think they'll just be counting down till Ponga's back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, well. um, Next game, not really much to talk about in this one. Um, the last Friday night game, Seagulls defeated the Broncos 50-6. to um, Manly just continue this newfound form. And um, Broncos, for some reason, have gone back to their old form. So um, it's kind of the, the opposites here. And um, I think, yeah, I don't know what the Broncos can do to get better. I, I really don't. Um, They've got some good players there. They're, they've got a few injuries and, and whatnot, but they have they have a team that shouldn't get beaten by by this many points. Um, I just don't know if it's a, a mental thing or not. What do you reckon? Well, they've got this in them, you know. Um, they've got games where they show up like they did against the Titans and they went behind, but they scorched back. Um, against the Panthers, the top team, they held strong and weren't far off from springing an upset. But then yeah. they'll turn up uh, the next week and get flogged by a huge score. And and <laughs> this was one of those games. Maybe what they can do to get better is fast forward to next year when they've got Adam Reynolds and Brinko Lee. But uh, <laughs> this was the game that sort of started the, um, uh, you know, there was a couple of bin- binnings in this game and this really yeah. started the the traction uh, of people worried about what was going to unfold with the referees. So what did you make of those ones? Because we had um, Tyson Gamble with a high tackle and uh, Jordan Ricky Jordan Ricky with the headbutt. What did you yeah. think? So 
the headbutt I think was a bit soft. Um, but by the letter of the new rules, um, the refs had the right to do what they did. Um, yeah, Tyson Gamble's one I, I thought was a bit harsh as well. But um, even if they weren't reduced to eleven men, they still weren't going to be getting um, getting out of this one. Um, I think the Seagulls are just too strong, and um, Tommy Turbo has been playing as good as I've seen him play in years. And um, the key is keeping him healthy. If they can continue to wrap him in bubble wrap and make sure he doesn't get hurt out there, um, they'll continue to be a threat. They're, they're finally into the eight now. And, um, yeah, if he stays healthy, they won't be leaving, that's for sure. Yeah, looks like we've got a viewer from Brisbane as well. Hi, Jermaine. Um, not sure if you're a Broncos supporter. What did you make of the um, – put in the comments what you thought of those sin binnings. But, yeah, um, yeah, I just don't know what they're going to do um, to get better. It could be – they might be, like you said, like the Bulldogs where they're just already focusing on next year um, and, yeah, hoping for the best and just hoping to weather the storm while they're here now. Yeah. Um, so we'll go into what was my most disappointing game of the round, um, the first game on Saturday with the Raiders defeating the Bulldogs 20-18. to Um I think both sides struggled on attack. They both looked woeful. Um, they did, couldn't really get anything together. Uh, the Raiders did get out to an 8-0 lead at halftime. Um, and then we had um, the Bulldogs scored a couple of tries. And then um, we had the sim binning of Jack Wyden and the red card for Josh Papali'i. And um, this is where I thought the Bulldogs were actually going to get here and um, twist the knife for Raiders fans. But the Raiders, to their credit, managed to hang on, even though they were disadvantaged with um, players on the pitch. Um, but I don't think anyone would have been happy um, at the end of that game. I think the Raiders would have been disappointed in how they performed um, to beat the Bulldogs by two um, when you're meant to be a, a genuine potential um grand finalist team um is just not good and ricky stewart um i feel for him he's probably going to have a heart attack um with with what this team's doing to him and the bulldogs i don't know how they let a game slip um when they were playing a team without um a full full squad what do you reckon well the Bulldogs letting that game slip despite, you know, having a numerical advantage. Um, I think losing becomes a habit and the Bulldogs yeah. have had that habit for this year, last year. So um, for the Raiders, though, you know, when they went into the break with an 8-0 lead, I've got a few friends who are Raiders supporters and, and we were exchanging messages and they're saying, I think we're going to lose this one. And that, yeah. that just says the amount of confidence that, that Raiders fans have with their team at the moment. And it nearly unfolded that way, you know, and um, yeah, they're going to be a tough tip for the rest of the year because uh, I think if that was any other side other than the Bulldogs, um, they, they would have got the Raiders there. Uh, but let's look at the sin binnings uh, and in particular, the, the Papali'i one, because that was a, a proper send off. Uh, what do you think? Fair? Because he did shoulder him in the head. Yeah, I think that one was fair. Um, I think before this week, that probably would have been a Simbin, not a red card. Um, or that he might have only even been put on report um, with how they used to do things. But 
with the new stance, um, yeah, he, he contacted the head with the shoulder. Um, obviously, I don't think he tried to do it completely on purpose, but yeah, it was valid. And um, the Jack Weissen one, I think, was a bit soft, but um, I'll, I'll give them it. I'm not a Raiders fan, so I, I can be um, one idea and go, it's not my problem. Um, what did you think, though? Did you think Weissen's was deserved? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. I, I think the Papali'i one was deserved, um, given what what we knew heading into the round. What what um, the NRL said they they uh, instructed the referees to do. Uh, that one was the more clear cut one of the round up until that point. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Jermaine replied to you saying he's a Warriors fan. Um, Good man. Good man. Yeah, and he didn't mind the crackdown on the head contact, but they did go overboard on a few of them. Yeah, and I think that's it. I think some of them were valid, and some of them I think they just were a bit um, trigger-happy on. Um, but it's it's very new for the refs as well. We've got to remember this is a rule that got brought up like a couple of days before the round kicked off, so even the, the refs... We're still adjusting, so um, which we saw with this game, um, where um, I think Whitens probably could have got away with it, but um, that takes us into the next game on Saturday with the Rabbitohs um, beating the Sharks 32 22. Um, what do you think of this game? I thought the Rabbitohs were patchy, um, but they started to get into the groove, um, and just went away with it towards the end. Yeah, patchy's a good word, mate. I it's not vintage Rabbitohs right now because, um, you know, they they still look like they're lacking uh, a couple of troops. Uh, they're missing people like Latrell Mitchell big time. Um, yeah. So yeah. we're not seeing vintage Rabbitohs performances, but um, they got out to a good lead, and, and I thought the Sharks did really well to come back. Um, and they looked like they, they, were, they were pushing very hard, and then we saw it really soft pe- crusher penalty where uh, I think the bunker may have tipped off the referees and they went back a wee bit. Um, well, they almost went the length of the field back. Yeah, yeah. Was, and, and, yeah. And that one really killed off the Sharks' momentum and the Rabbitohs, uh, you know, were able to put a few more points on the board and put the game to bed. Um, yeah. Be- before that point, the Rabbitohs would have been worried because the Sharks had quite a good amount of momentum. What did you think of the match? Yeah. Yeah, I think for the Sharks, I think they just lack punch up the middle and um, they lack spark without Sean Johnson out there. Um, They really missed him. Um, And, yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, Latrell Mitchell not being there for the Rabbitohs hasn't helped them, but he's back this week. So Mm. I think we'll we'll start seeing the Rabbitohs go back to their old form and they – they'll really need it for this week because they're playing the Panthers. So yeah, um, it's the right time to get your players back. But yeah, I think Wayne Bennett wouldn't be happy that the Rabbitohs have um, just allowed teams to come back into matches. Um, it, it's happened a few times where disregard that, that whooping they got from the storm, but there's and in the other games, they've always just, they've like, just left the door open a little bit for another team to come back. And they're really going to need to make sure that doesn't happen because there's some very competitive teams that will easily beat them um, mm-hmm. if they give them a chance. Yeah, I think with them, that's just the, the people they've had missing have been in key positions and they've 
had to really readjust their spine. Um, and they've been naming Cody Walker at fullback. But, um, you know, what if they've got all their cattle on board and their spine intact, that's what makes them really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, and that takes us to the last game on Saturday with the Roosters defeating the Cowboys 30-16. to 16. Um, I think this match started, it looked very one-sided with the Roosters um, running away with four tries in the first half. Um, but then the, the Roosters had a simbin um, to Satili uh, Tupanua. Sorry if I got your last name wrong, mate. Um, which let the Cowboys back into the match, um, and they scored three tries while he was off. And then um, the second half was really just all the Roosters again um, helped in part with that Lachlan Burr Simbin, which we've already talked about, which I think was probably the most unfair Simbinning of the round. I think um, I think James Tedesco has increased his value by probably another couple of mil because he's going to guarantee you at least one Simbin a game with the way he runs. Um, he, he loves to run and fall into tackles, so he's basically always getting hit in the head. Um, I'm not saying he does that on purpose. It's just his running style. Um, but yeah, if, if you accidentally hit him in the head, especially with it being James Tedesco, you're going to get your marching orders. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they, what players do to try to combat him. I think you're going to have to just go around and, um, tackle him around the ankles again. Yeah, but we've, we've spoken about this Tedesco habit, uh, for a few weeks now. I mean, it's not the first time he did it in the Dragons game where he got hit in the head by Pereira. He's done it in the Eels game where he got hit by Nia Corey. Um, mm. And then and then now this one. And this one was hands down the worst sin binning in my eyes for the round because uh, Lachlan Burr is aiming about stomach or rib high. And, and Tedesco, as he's come to the line, he's dropped and he's contacted him but i don't see what else he could have done you know it's last minute he can't he can't pull out he's not aiming for the head he's aiming around the midriff but because tedesco's uh fallen he's collected him and that's what we were sort of talking about with mitigating circumstances you know i mean not all of them are going to be black and white he's made contact with the head sure but he definitely didn't aim that high um, it's yeah. just the way it played out and the attacker had a lot to do with that so if you're going to still view that as contact to the head um, penalty penalty at most, not a sin bin yeah. because that, that really killed off the game for the Cowboys who were you know, they weren't out of the game at that point and as soon as that happened, I think the Roosters kicked the kicked the penalty then scored the score in the next set or in the next couple sets and game over it was game over, yeah. After that Simbin, they, they went in and got a few more tries and it was over. Um, but it was a hard-fought win, I thought, for the the Roosters. Um, we've talked about it at length, about how injury-ravaged they are. Um, they're not the only team. Um, there's quite a few teams that are losing key players, but you look at the players that they've lost, um, they've lost some really good ones. Um, and um, I think... The depth's going to continue to get tested as the season goes. Um, but And they still could fall out of the eight like I predicted they might, but um, it's just so hard to um, bet against them. 
And um, yeah, Nigel, chess that. Nigel mentioned that slow motion replays don't help. That's right. Yeah, when they bring it down to a frame a second type stuff, it makes all of them look bad. When it's um, most of those tackles are uh, like a split second decision. Um, it's yeah, slow motion never really helps tackles at the best of times. What well, makes it more look like you're you're able to pull out when you're watching it half speed, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and the Cowboys, I think they'll be disappointed um, at yet another loss. But I think they did show in glimpses in this match what they can offer when they're at their best, and um, they still have a shot of making the eight. They just got to turn those glimpses into full game efforts, and um, I think a lot of that's going to rest on the shoulders of um, Valentine Holmes and Jason Tomalolo who I think in this game still played really well. Yeah, Valentine Holmes has had a nice patch of form the last few weeks. And it's Tamalola, once he gets into that sort of form, he adds so much to them. So, yeah, you yeah. wouldn't write them completely off right now. No. Um, and that takes us to the first game on Sunday with the Eels um, beating the Warriors 34-18. Um, well... This was disappointing. Um, I think it's the only way to say it. Um, I think the Warriors had probably their worst half of football this season in that first half. Um, they were making error upon error, and when they did manage to get hold of the ball, they were throwing it over people's heads and throwing it over the sideline. and um, All of that piled on top of each other just saw um, the Eels dominate possession and territory, and um, 20 minutes in, the game was basically over. Um, if I'm really honest. Um, and But to their credit, this was the only game of the round without a Simbin, although there was a head high on Roger that probably should have got one if we're going by the rules that they had set in place. But um, the um, for some reason, the Warriors appeared to get better in the second half when some young guy called Reese Walsh jumped on the field. Um, the moment he came out there, they looked a lot better, and they were they were within a sniff of this um, towards the end. There, um, it wasn't. It looked like they were right in it, and then um, it was just one more one more error that led to the um, the Eels going all the way down the other end to seal the win for them. Um, so I think it was a good performance from the Eels. I think they would be unhappy that they let the Warriors get back in. Um, and yeah, the Warriors, they just need to stop making errors and um, they need their, their Cody Nicarimas, um, those those key players in the squad, they need them to step up um, because to be honest, relying on an 18-year-old to get you out of the hole you've dug is not making you a, a playoff team. Yeah, look, a couple things. Um, we Yeah, I don't know what's happened, but... We've gone from a team that was top of the league when it comes to set completion percentage. We were right at the top of the tree, and then the last couple of weeks, I don't know what's happened, but it's sort of gone out the window, and, and that happened in the first half, and we gave them a lead that was, you know, what proved to be too big to run down. Um, that's what makes it so frustrating, Brad, is um, and by one by one token, we look really poor, and and we give we given up a huge lead, and we just look like a dog's breakfast. Then on the yeah. other hand, we come we put Reese Walsh on, and we come back and look like a really threatening side. Um, yeah, 
uh, and you'll get some people that say Reese Walsh is young, he's small, he can't handle a full 80 minutes. In my mind, rubbish to that. Sam Walker's playing 80 minutes for the Roosters, same age, not a huge guy. Um, he transforms our attack, mate. We, we just look like we have threats left and right when he's on, and and, and doesn't make sense to me having him warm the pine until the game's gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, as the um, the cliche couch coaches that we are, um, I'm sure there there's people that get paid money that seem to know better. Um, but I'm seeing it from Jamie Soward, Adam Blair. Yeah, um, yeah. People that have played the game have all come out and said that this kid needs to be starting. Um, yeah. So if they're players of the game, um, I've heard some coaches um, come out and say that if he was in their team, he'd be starting. Um, they A lot of people still don't know where you'd put him, um, but as long as he's out there, um, if, if they wanted him to be playing fullback so he can learn that and throwing Roger out on the wing, that's fine, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You could even put him on the wing himself. Um, or It seems that it doesn't, wherever he was on the field, because he went into fullback in this game, it didn't affect how he was injecting himself into attack. He He's just a, a talented kid that wants his hands on the ball. And to their credit, last week, they there were a lot of times when they didn't give him the ball. Um, they were going to Chanel or Cody, where this week um, Egan and the like were making sure he got the ball. So um, that's good to see. It's good to see they've actually stepped in the right direction in that way. But, yeah, um, I would prefer him to start. But as long as he's playing, I, I, I don't really care. I think he's an exciting kid to watch. Um and it kind of makes some of these losses not feel as bad because you go, oh, you can start talking about what what future this club has with a player like that involved. Because, um, yeah, he's he's got superstar written all over him. Oh, he's special, mate. Uh, for me, I don't care where he – you put him six, one, seven, I think he's going to have the same impact on the game. He's going to be demanding yeah. the ball, and you'd be a fool not to give him the ball, but you're even more of a fool not to start him. But that's yeah. just me and my, my couch coach brain. Yeah, um, and yeah, I know, I know he's he's young, and there has been talk about his his body being a bit beaten up, um, and stuff, which might be another reason for why they're they're deciding to minimise um, his starting opportunities. But I would just like, hopefully we see it this week, um, where if he is coming off the bench, he's not coming off the bench when the game's already over. Yeah. Because um, they they say, they like talk about the pressure of making him start, but I, I can think of no worse pressure on an 18-year-old than saying, we're in real big trouble here, mate. We need you to go out there and turn this around. Um, that's that's a pressure that he doesn't deserve to be put on his shoulders. Um, so if you're like, a try behind or a try ahead or something when you bring him on just so there's still some competition there. I think we'll see a lot more out of him. Um, we might get to see a bit more composure at the moment. They need to score tries quickly when he's out there. So he's kind of just trying to do everything. Um, and I want to see, I, I can't really tell, but that intercept 
that he got when he was gone and then Gutherson caught up to him. Gutherson's not that quick. So I, I think from what I saw, it looked like Reese was trying to slow down so he could put someone else into a scoring position and there was just no one else there. Um, Cause he looked, I, I would put money on him being quicker than Gutherson. So. Oh, you'd think so, mate. Uh, but it, you know, or it's just, he's very, very quick off the mark, but also you're a bit, generally you're a little bit slower with the ball in hand. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, he looks expressed to me, you know. <laughs> Might have yeah. been one of those things, like you say, he's trying to line up somebody else, but yeah. Yeah, which I think has been a great quality of him as well. Um, he, You see so many of the superstars that try to do everything themselves, and he is doing a lot, but he's always looking to put someone else into a scoring position. He's not mm -hmm. just trying to go and score himself every time. Um which I think is great as well. Um, it's great to see that he he does like to distribute the ball, um, mm. which is something the Warriors have lacked from time to time. They they have quite a few guys that can score you tries, but they can't pass the ball to save themselves. So um, it's good. Hopefully he can teach them at training, um, like what, what passing means and how to do it. And um, hopefully some of those centers can learn. Yeah. And oh yeah, I see Jermaine's asked a good question. I'm going to hold that question until our our question section, Jermaine. So I'll keep that. that that's a, a really good question. So we'll go into the second game on Sunday. Um, this the last two games on Sunday were kind of one sided affairs. The Storm defeating the Dragons forty four eighteen. Um, Dragons didn't really have the best start. You know, eight minutes in, they got um, Josh Maguire simbined. And then um, a few minutes later, um, Tyrell Fui Muano um, got a red card. Um, this run, I think, was a red card. Um, he he hit Ryan Pappenhausen um, high and a little bit late and sent him into his childhood, basically. He was unconscious and got stretched off the field. Um, not great to see, especially in his first game back. Um, so that one... Um, Tyrell's not really a, a thug player, as you would call them. Um, so it, I don't think it was anything too malicious. I think it's, it was more one of the best players in the storm is there and you've got to try to stop him. Um, but yeah, they, they were on the back foot right from the get-go. And um, Josh Adokar continued his ways, um, scored a hat-trick in this game. So that makes him have – he's got nine tries in two games now. Um not too bad. Um, it's probably going to be a shame to see all his try scoring opportunities disappear when he goes to the Bulldogs next year. <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, I think the thing that impressed me the most in this game was actually the Dragons. Um, they had that uh, a man a man down, um, and they still managed to score tries. They scored four tries against the Storm with um, with a man off, and I think Bellamy would be throwing everything in his room um that his storm who have such a good defense let the dragon score like that um i think it was also ravalava's um first hat trick of his career as well which was good to see mm. um but what do you think it was it was kind of a, a game that we knew the result before it happened um but yeah What'd yeah what wasn't surprised with the result or the margin um like you, I thought the the sending off was 
perfectly fair. Um, yeah. You know, he's contacted him to the head uh, and taken him out of the game. And by what yeah. the NRL, what the NRL has said, that's a send off. Um, and I've seen a bunch of uh, pundits arguing that. And Freddie, Freddie Fittler in particular was talking about you can't take your Tedesco's out of the game. We can't have that. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Pappenhausen for me. You know, if you're yeah. taking a player out of the game by contacting him shoulder to the head, that's, you know, fair enough. Send him off. Um, I just think n- now after this game, the Dragons are going to struggle because I think they're missing Revelau. And like you said, he... He's such a threat for them. Um, they're missing a bunch now. That they're one of the teams that really were affected by this ref crackdown, and, and they're going to be missing a few players. Yeah, I, I don't have the exact number, but it's like four or five players that are potentially suspended. Um, yeah, from this game, um, which yeah, the Dragons. Um, I, I've predict they're they're still nowhere near where I predicted them to be, but I think we're going to start seeing them slide out of the eight. Um, mm. The the teams below them are starting to pick up some momentum, and I just don't see the Dragons surviving with all these key players out. Yeah, I will say, um, um, with Pappenhausen going off, they don't. <sighs> It's not yeah, obviously they're missing one of the best players in the league, but then Nico Hines comes on and what a game he had. Uh he was involved in so many spectacular tries and he looks like he's got pace and he links well, he playmakes well. Um some of the tries he's got are too. He is. I think and I heard the commentators making a good point, maybe that game's just bumped his value up. He'll be hard to keep for Melbourne now, given that he he will want a starting spot in, in a spine in some team, and with if Papenhausen's healthy, um, it's hard to get a fullback spot for him. I know the Broncos are looking at him. The they Broncos are. are looking at Nico Hines, which um, I think would be another great addition to this. So I think he is a very talented player. Um, yeah, and we forgot the elephant in the room of. Um, the, the storm performance was also without Harry Grant and Brandon Smith as well. So they, yeah. they were missing those two and then they lose um, Pappenhausen in the first 10 minutes and they still put a cricket score on. So um, they're, they're just a scary team. Um, not as scary as the team we're about to talk about, but um, they're, yeah, just um, it's another comprehensive win. Um, they'll just be upset that they let those tries in. Before we before we move on from that, did you see the high yeah. contact from Kalfusi from the Storm? Kalfusi got away with one. I thought he always gets away with them, <laughs> doesn't he? he? I, that's he, what I he, thought was a bit. It's you know you got to have a bit of consistency, and he caught. I can't remember who he caught, but he caught them fair around the jaw with his arm. Yeah, coming coming from behind. I think it, it happens. I think it depends on who you are. Like, I think. Um, sounding very one-eyed, but if it wasn't Mitchell Moses that he'd hired Roger, there would have been a Simbin, but yeah. because it was Mitchell Moses, he he got okay. And Kafusi kind of, he he's one that gets punished after the fact. Um, yeah. He never gets punished on the field. He'll get punished afterwards when they go to judiciary. Um, but I think he's still got in the clear for this one anyway. Um, yeah, I think so. So... Yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know. They just—it's that thing. They're they're trying to juggle how this 
new um, interpretation of uh, contact of the headers, but they've got to find consistency. It's mm. got to be everyone or no one. They, they can't yeah. just pick and choose. Um, but yeah, that takes us to the last game of the round where the Panthers wiped the floor with the Titans, 48-12. Um, this one, I think, I, I was hoping for more fight out of the Titans, but I was really concerned with... Um, how they perform without David Fafita. And yeah. yeah, they kind of showed that without David Fafita, they're just the average Titans that we've been used to in years past. Um, the Panthers even lost a man to the bin and still kept scoring tries like they had a full team out there. They're just um, they're just too good. Um, Herman Essiesi got a red card. I think this one was deserved as well. Yeah. He, he came out of the line fast, hit Brian Toto. And, um, yeah, hit him high. In his defense, Brian Toho was not the tallest man. But, um, yeah, it was a shocking hit and definitely a red card with these new rules. And, um, yeah, the what the slim chance the Titans had were gone the moment he went off. And, um, yeah, Panthers are now 10-0. and 0, And I kept saying that a loss is just around the corner for these guys, but I don't know if it is anymore. Um, yeah, they're just too. They're just too good. Um, they've got good defense, great on attack. Um, I think Nathan Cleary's on his way to being one of the best halves ever to play the game. When you think of how much he's done already at his young age, and um, what he will grow into, um, he'll mm-hmm. be right up there with the the, the superstars that um, have come before him. And um, yeah, I think the key thing with him as a prop, talking about a half because I'm very knowledgeable with how a half works. But um, I think it's his ability to um, – he doesn't overplay his hand. He, he knows what he needs to do, but he doesn't try to do too much. A bit like what we were saying with the Reese Walsh situation where um, they know what to do without going too far. And mm. he's just cool, calm, and collected. And, um, mm. yeah, very scary team. And the Titans – if they don't if they don't sort their shit out, um, they won't make the eight. There's too many teams below them when we go over the ladder. Um, that can overtake them. Um, so yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I was worried for the Titans with no Fafita. Um, they just look like they lack lack some threat. Um, they still yeah. have players like Brimson, but yeah, they it takes a whole lot of punch out of them. Uh, with the Panthers, I see they're the first team to go 10-0 since the, the Roosters in 96, I think it was. Ironically, their coach, Ivan Cleary, Cleary was playing for them. Um, yeah. their, halves, their halves are crazy. Um, you already touched on Cleary. Uh, I was very happy he did that because I had him on my fantasy team, got something like 288 points. I'll take that. Um, yeah. But he just looks like he makes all the right decisions, you know, when to run, when yeah. to pass, uh, kicking game on point. Um, and then he's got the perfect fo- foil in Jerome Luai. Um, yeah. And they just make every everyone around them on their side better. And it's not like they're not good enough to begin with. You know, look at all the players they've got around them. Their whole forward pack's great. Um, Edwards, Staines, Toro, Crichton. Um, there's no weakness. No. No, there isn't. Um, yeah, so that's um, that takes us to our picks. 
we we had everything the same bar one game, um, which was the Warriors Eels game where I backed the Warriors and you um you besmirched our, our team by going for the Eels. <laughs> and um you got that right. So you ended up with seven out of eight this week, and I was on six out of eight. So that gives us a total of I've got fifty-five out of eighty to date, and you've got fifty-six out of eighty. So you're you're bloody back in the lead again. Um before we move on to questions, we'll just go over the ladder. Um, so I'll see if I get this working. Uh, look at that. Um, so, yeah, we got Penrith at the top still as normal. I think it's basically the same top four that it was last week um, with Panthers, the Eels, Storm, and Souths. Um, Roosters are still hanging in there at fifth. The Dragons, they'll keep sliding, but they're at six right now. Manly bumped up to seven, um, and the Raiders got themselves back into the eight with that uh, patchy win. Um, unfortunately, the Titans, um, even though they had that heavy loss, they still kept ninth spot, which sees the Warriors go down the 10th. Um, then Newcastle and Cowboys at 11th and 12th, and I still think that's the cutoff. Um, I think in like the next two to three weeks, um, we can reduce that even further, but I think right now Cowboys still have a shot if they turn things around. But Tigers, Cronulla, Brisbane, and Bulldogs – who sit from 13th to 16th, they're planning for next year already. Um, yeah. Call me biased. Yeah, Call me biased. I, I think we look better than any of those other sides in that, that bottom eight there. So hopefully we can, when when we're on, you know, hopefully we can find our feet and when Fanua Blake comes back on, he'll add another dimension to us and, and we can jump back in that top eight. Yeah, so now we'll go into some questions. I see there are a, a few here. I'm just going to go go Gavin's first. So um, he's saying um, NRL wants them tackling lower, but um, will that potentially go to have bigger problems with doing that also? I think yeah, we're potentially going to see more blowouts um, because um, 80% of the NRL players can offload. So... Um, if you the whole going high was to stop people offloading, um, so if everyone starts going low and leaving their their arms open to offload, we're just going to see a lot of second phase football, which could result in a lot of um, one way traffic games, mm. which I don't think they want to see. I think that would be great for teams like the Warriors because um, we we generally like to offload the ball um, a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. Well, if Gavin's touching what I touching on what I think he's touching on, maybe he's talking about um, another set of dangers of tackling lower, like head head on yeah. head on knee type thing. You know, and, and that's definitely a valid point. You know, I think it. Yeah, you're shifting the target uh, on the attacker, but for the defender, it makes it a bit more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, that's true too. Um, yeah. Well we could possibly see a lot more concussions from just having your head in the wrong place. Um, the next question we had from Jermaine was, will the Warriors become over-reliant on Reese Walsh like they do with Roger? It seems that these two are on another level and the rest are somewhat spectators. I am always concerned. Um, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. Um, I've already submitted for him to become prime minister of the country when he gets here. Um, I want him to be captain. I, I want them to name the stadium after him. I want it all. Um, but they always do that, though. They they 
before Roger, it was Sean. And um, before Sean, you had Stacey. There was always like that guy that it was just that player is going to get us out of trouble. It doesn't matter how bad we're playing, how far behind, as long as they do what they do, they'll get us um, the win. So, yeah, I'm hoping that he's going to have enough talented players around him. They've got Adam Fenor, Blake, Ben Murdoch, Masilla, some other like legitimate stars that when they're healthy will help him carry the load. Um, so I'm hoping we see it come down a bit. Um, but we won't know until he's actually starting and Roger isn't there. Mm. For what my mind, I, for my mind, I think um, for me, I think Roger is the kind of guy who sort of says, you know, jump on my back. I'll show you the way. And he, he takes a lot of hit ups, uh, makes some try saving tackles. Uh, he tries to inspire the team with a lot of his individual efforts, whereas Reese Walsh possibly more of a playmaker. Maybe he makes the players around him a bit better, and that's what I'm hoping mm. once we see him fully integrated into the starting side. But who yeah. knows? And um, we've got a question here from Nigel. Um, is it time we looked for faster wingers as the game's changed, and would you look at maybe putting Ken in a forward position? I'll let you take this one first. I don't know if Ken has the work rate for a, for a middle forward and maybe an edge forward, maybe. Um, I don't know. I think he, all he's sort of ever known in his first-grade career is winger. I don't mind so much having a big winger, but I wouldn't mind some contrast and having some pace on the other wing. Um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah. I, I like the, the salt and pepper of it. I like having one big, one fast. So yeah. um, I don't mind, like this week, you've got Mamalo and Montoya yeah. um, on the wings. I think that's good. Um, I still am campaigning for Adam Pompey to be a winger. Um, I think he's a good combination of both because he is a big a big winger, but he actually is. He's got a little bit of um, quickness too. But, yeah, the, the way the game is, if, if they could magically find – um, a speedster like the the coaches and the Sabs, I think would be silly not to have them out there. And yeah. yeah, Ken, potentially I could put Ken in the forwards if we didn't have the forward pack we have now. Yeah, um, exactly. I, it's um, you'd be moving if you're trying to move him into the edge. Are you replacing Ben Murdoch Masilla for him or um, Siren and Murchi? Um, Katoa can't even get into the lineup at the yeah. moment. So, um, yeah, I think it's not a bad idea to bring him closer in. Um, just let him do what he's been doing on the edge um, more towards the middle of the park. But I don't see him being able to do it at the Warriors just due to the talent they have. Hmm. And um, the last question before we go into your one for me is from uh, Simon. It's, um, Reese. where would he like to go after the Warriors? Um, I'm hoping we can try to keep on to him for a little while. But I, if he if he can do anything consistently like he's shown in the last few weeks, I think the world's his oyster. I think he could basically go to whatever club he wanted to um, if the time was right. I'm just hoping that um, he remembers the Warriors were the ones that gave him gave him his chance, um, and he sticks around. I. I'm pretty sure they they'll they'll pay him heavily to stay. Um, but yeah, I, why are you doing this to me, Simon? I don't like talking about him leaving before. Yeah, he's, he's only just he's only just got he's here. He's only just got here. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, um, I but yeah, I think he's a talent that could go anywhere. So um, he'll probably end up at the Roosters where everyone goes. So that or um, or back home at Brisbane, depending on how their fortunes turn around. Uh, yeah, Gold Coast maybe he's a Gold Coast boy. Yeah, or or he'll just stay here. He'll yeah, he'll stay here. Hopefully. Um, so before we go into our preview, you've got a question for me anyway. We're, we're running a bit low. I've been told that the soccer show isn't playing tonight, so we can actually go long, which is why we're here over nine o'clock. Um, but yeah, what's your question for me? You touched on him uh, just a minute ago, Katoa, Ali Katoa. Um, yeah. Given what we saw from him last year, what do you make of his lack of first grade action so far, Brad? Uh could he have been given more time to find his form, or is it a fair call from Nathan Brown? I am, uh, full disclosure, I am a, a massive Katoa fan. Um, Same, yeah. I, I love him to bits, and I think his his first year with the Warriors was outstanding. The first couple of rounds, he, he was quite quiet and mm. um, wasn't playing at that same level. And um, what Brown did, he just sent him to reserve grade to play footy. Um, and like his in an interview I saw with him, he said that um, the the Queensland Cup is still a good competition, but it's slower than the NRL. So for a guy like Katoa, who is legitimately learning the game still, um, it's a better place to learn. He keeps getting on the cusp of coming back in each week. So um, and from what the limited stuff I've been able to see from the Dolphins, he's been playing. Um, He's been playing really well for them too. So he's at least taken it in the stride. Um, I don't want to go too far down the line, but there's there's generally been players that once they've been dropped, they immediately ask for a lease to go somewhere else. Um, he hasn't done that. He's learning the game and his time will come again. Um, it's just, he's just got to keep learning everything he can. And um, I think... I'll talk about Walsh again because that's all we do now. This is the Walsh show. Um, <laughs> so I think once, if they're out there together, I think Walsh will do very much what Cody was doing last year where Cody was getting Katoa into scoring opportunities. Um, so I think he just needs a bit of that. His combination with Chanel wasn't really working um, like the one he had with Cody last year. But it's not like his career is over or anything. Um He's just very young and learning the game. Nigel's brought up a good point there. He said, wasn't he brought into the leadership group this year? Seems strange they put him up there but can't make the 17. It's um, He's on the outskirts of the leadership. He's like in the young development. So yeah. um, they've got the leadership group and they've brought him in because they see a lot of potential. So he gets to do the stuff with the leadership guys but not actually be in the leadership team. It's just more learning um brown's trying to get him to learn everything he can um but yeah i i had him in my 17 before the season started i'd probably still have him in there now um as well um it's just yeah it's hard when you got so many second rowers like um josh curran when he came out he didn't deserve to be dropped either and um you can only pick 17 guys so yeah it's it's hard yeah um, and yeah, before we go into the preview, um, Simon's brought up as well the um, North American Rugby League competition that we talked about a few weeks ago. It's been postponed, um, um, at least for the Western Conference, um, due to COVID 
um, stuff and the um, they couldn't really find a way to safely do it. The Eastern Conference um, and the Canadian teams should still be able to play, like Simon said, this year, but um, the actual whole competition won't get to start again until next year. So that's a bit disappointing. Um, yeah. There's um, Peter Godinay is signed with the Atlanta team. Um, so it's good to see some players that we've known before uh, going over there and getting a new chance um, at playing some football. So um, hopefully there's some more um, good players out there um, that will get that opportunity because um, I think if they can tap into that American market, it will do great things for rugby league on a whole. Um, and they always seem to love watching the big hits and stuff. They, they think... Yeah, they're crazy for what they do. Um, so I think they could really bite into it. Um, we just got to see how it goes. Um, but I'm going to, I've been keeping an eye on it to see what more news I can get. So hopefully I'll have more on that for you next week, Simon. Um, so we may as well go straight into our picks. Richie, I'll just bring yep. up the fixtures. So we've got the fixtures there. Um, so the first game of the round, um, we had the Cowboys versus the Knights on Thursday night. Um, I've gone with the Cowboys. I think um, the Pongolus Knights are still going to struggle. Yep, same here, and exact same reason. No Ponga, no yep. Pierce. Um, takes a lot of sting out of that side. Yep. And then first game on Friday, we're, we're back on Friday nights, which um, I'm actually enjoying. I, I hated Warriors games being on a Sunday. Um, but the Warriors are playing the Tigers. I'll pick the Warriors here. Um, like we talked earlier, the, the Tigers are kind of one of those teams that could come out here and wipe the floor with them. Um, but I'm thinking the, the Warriors are going to have the edge, um, especially um, with a, a top eight spot on the line. Yeah, two yo-yo teams. Um, and we had our down this weekend just gone. Tigers had their up, so I'm hoping the yo-yo swings the other way. So. Go on, Warriors. I think we'll, we should beat them, surely. Should do. Um, then the, the last game on Friday is the Sharks versus Dragons. Um, I've gone with the Sharks here. I think um, the Sharks, they should hopefully get Sean Johnson back. He's named on the extended bench. Um, and the Dragons have most of their team out suspended. So it's very one-sided affair. So I think the Sharks should get this win. Yeah, I've gone Sharks. Um, the Dragons just missing a, a few too many key players there, I think. And, yeah, Sharks. Let's go Sharks. Yeah. And then uh, the first game on Saturday, we've got the Titans versus Bulldogs. Um, without Fafita, the Titans don't look great, but they should still beat the Bulldogs. So I've gone with Titans here. That is a leveler, though, Fafita being gone, you know I mean? Bulldogs, if they show up and show some heart, um, may not be a blowout to the Titans. It could be a tight game, but we'll give, I'll give it to Titans uh, home ground, edging them, edging them yeah. over the line. Yeah, and then uh, the second game on said day is the Roosters versus Broncos. Uh, I think Roosters, Broncos just look poor, and um, Roosters still keep plugging away. So. Yeah, yeah, Roosters for me too. They generally go pretty good guns at Sydney Cricket Ground. So, and yeah, Broncos on the back of off the back of a fifty point hiding. Um, yeah, they'll they'll do some soul searching this week, um, but I still think Roosters. Yeah, 
And uh, the first game, um, or the the last game on Saturday, sorry, got Raiders Storm. Um, I think it's pretty clean cut Storm win here. I think as long as the Storm are anywhere within 20 points of the Raiders at halftime, <laughs> yeah. even if the Raiders have a 20-point lead at halftime, the Storm will get them. Yeah, uh, yeah the Raiders yeah. look poor. Uh, Storm are looking fantastic, should be one-sided. And then uh, the first game on Sunday, we've got the Rabbitohs Panthers. Um, it's probably match of the round, I'd say, um, depending on which Rabbitohs team show up. But um, I think it's Panthers uh, go go to eleven and zero here. Yeah, yeah, it, you're exactly right. It depends which Rabbitohs turn up. Um, Panthers just are too hard to tip against, though, at the moment. Uh, so yeah, Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for the last game of the round, we've got the Eels versus the Seagulls. Um, this was a tough one for me. This one's tough. It was tough. I've gone with the Seagulls. I, um, yeah, I think I think the Eels showed that they can be beaten and how they performed against the Warriors. And I think um, as long as Tommy Turbo comes out and does what he does, um, they should be able to get the job here. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be tight. Yeah, Eels play well at Bankwest too. Um, and saying that, I went at Sea Eagles. I think <laughs> their form's been too good at the moment. Uh, I, I can see them pulling off an upset there. Yeah. And um, Simon's picks, he's picked um, the Knights by six, Warriors by four, Dragons by 10, Titans by six, Roosters by 14, Storm by 12, Panthers by 20, and Eels by 14. So few differences from us there. Um, we'll see who's right at the end of it. Um, so that means we've got the same picks again. So um, you'll still be in the lead. Um, I think there's some good matchups next round, which mm. we could probably differ on. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. But um, that's all we have for tonight. Um, we're running a bit late, so I'll leave some Super League stuff for next week. But um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on Rugby League. Tune into our show next week at 8 p.m. Um, here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to um, search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Cheers for joining me again, Richie, and um, good night, everyone. Night. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 